0: Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 83. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hi, guys, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. Today, we have with us a gentleman who's really got the superpower of doing creative real estate deals. And I'm really excited for him to come on the show and share some of his past experiences, past deals, just to get us, like, get our juices flowing, get us excited about different opportunities and methods that we can use for investing in real estate so with that welcome to the show adam adams
1: thank you hard hat holly
0: (laughs) well i'm so excited for you to share your um, story and background so why don't you start by giving our listeners kind of your beginnings into real estate investing and kind of a little bit of your journey and how you got to where you are today
1: Great, yeah. The beginning of real estate investing at all was because my my stepfather, who I grew up, grew up with, was always into investing. He was an entrepreneur. He he uh, had some rentals. And he had storage units and stuff like that. And uh, and it took me a very very long time to even listen to him. But I was going to college um, at Utah Valley University a long long time ago. And uh, and my dad just basically said. Adam, when are you going to get into this? And I said, fine, I'll, I'll get into it now. It was 2005 and he was buying, uh, properties off of tax deeds. Um, and so we did that together. He got one for around a hundred dollars, uh, with, you know, with me, he gave it to me. And so basically it was a no money deal. And, wait, wait, uh, wait,
0: wait, wait, I have to stop you. A hundred dollars for <laughs> what did that get you for a hundred bucks? I didn't get you a property. Did it?
1: It, it did. It got me a uh, property out in Sand County, Fairview, Utah, um, for a hundred bucks. Uh, we paid off the taxes and and then some, and we got a piece of property that um, that was at the time... They were starting to bring in like water. This was a a cabin lot. You know, Aspen Hills Owners Association. If anybody needs to check, lot 33 used to be mine. But um, anyway, we yeah we bought that cabin lot, and a um, couple years later, somebody asked me if they if I would sell it, and uh, you know, twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, it seemed like a good little thing so I I sold it and uh it was a great discount for the guy I mean he it, it was worth at least twice that when when I sold that but um it looks like it looks like they're putting a lot more cabins up there they've got like like internet they have water they have everything that you need so um they're a lot more valuable now but I I held on to it for about two years I think I sold it in 2007
0: or 8. Awesome. Well, and I like how you put internet before water cuz internet's more important than water, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can just have a toilet out there, but if but what will you do without internet? You can yes. you can go to the bathroom outside if you want. It's just <laughs> just a cabin. But, so. Yeah.
0: All right. So that was your beginnings. That's interesting. Then what happened?
1: <laughs> um so <laughs> Uh, with that said, I was trying to get into apartment investing even back then in two thousand five. So I was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, which basically talked about starting your own company, um, how to run a business, and, and run a business and not have a business run you. And uh, and additionally, you know, the power of rents and cash flow. And so every time you buy something, it just needs to have a positive cash flow. And and so. Um, I was afraid, right? I just, I was scared to buy my first apartment building. So what I did is um, I looked up, I mean, I was, you know, living in houses at the time but uh, I said I'm gonna have to figure out a way to manage apartments and I don't want to have to get a real s- weight through the time and effort and cost of being licensed real estate agent so I went straight into just um, calling all the apartments around that was any any bigger than you know a 10plex and just saying hey can I can I move in and can I be your property manager can I move in can I be your property manager over and over and over I'm relentless and uh, I kept calling calling and calling until somebody said yeah I'm looking for that I definitely talk to you you. And so I went over to, um, this guy, I won't say his last name, but his first name's Reed. Um, one of my best mentors ever. Um, I was lucky enough to kind of learn from him. And, um, since I didn't say his last name, I will mention that he paid for a multi, 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 multi million dollar apartment complex, a giant one in Salt Lake city, um, uh, just about two years ago for cash, uh, well over $50 million cash went into that, that apartment complex. Um, and that just to show you what type of a mentor that I had, he doesn't like debt. He's very conservative. He's, he's smart, smart, smart. He understands real estate. It was really fun learning from him. So I managed his 18 plex. I did a good enough job of getting his four plex in one of his condos. And so I was managing all of these, living at the 18 plex, um, you know, just having a having a good time. I was actually a really good property manager. I did a great job for all of the properties. Um, and I thought, okay, now that I'm excellent uh, at property management, I feel like I can buy my first apartment complex. So um, I found out you could get better loans on on, you know, two, three, and four unit properties. So I started searching for two, three, and four unit properties. It turns out this was 2008. And uh, at the end of 2008, right after they stopped saying stated loans are okay. So no more stated loans. I've, you, and before that, if just two months before I was applying for this, if I would, I was basically a new Uh, entrepreneur. So I started doing handyman work and I just started my business right out there in Utah. So, um, anyway, I didn't have two years of tax history. So when I was buying my, my first triflex is what it ended up being. I didn't have that history. So I did, I partnered with, um, somebody that I was working for at the time. Uh, they came in with all the capital, um, it became owner finance to me. Um, I came, it was a zero money out of pocket deal, uh, for me, except that I re the, um, the entire basement unit, the worst unit. I'll, I would love to, if we had enough time, I'll tell you what that unit used to look like. Uh, it was horrible. Um, I mean, it was unclean. Uh, it was by far the worst unit that I at the time had ever seen. We've done a couple rehabs of, of hoarder houses since. And like, I feel like that was nothing, but um, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a tough one for, for me, but I think I took about 40 ish grand on my credit card, which is probably way too much, but um, to rehab that unit. And, um, and then the economy really, really does because Utah was like a, a year behind. So um, it, just to answer your question ahead of time, I know you usually ask what's the worst deal you ever did. That was probably the, the deal that I wasn't so proud of. I got into it really, really well. The creative financing, great. But uh, my company, my business uh, went, went south when, so it was a handyman company and in Utah, like they were building and building and building all the builders. When the economy crashed, they became, you know, contractors and handymen, and all of their employees became contractors and handymen. I was by far the biggest company with 13 uh, workers. They were all working well over 50 hours a week. Um, I think I was netting more than 20000 a month, netting more than 20000 a month. And I was just – I felt like a kid, and I couldn't believe where all this money was coming from. I thought I was on top of the world, and then the economy hit me, hit everybody. And, uh, all, and one, of, one of my employees was living in the triplex. And uh, another friend was living in the triplex and they stopped being able to pay the rent. And, uh, I stopped being able to pay my mortgage. And, uh, and so we did a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Um, I gave the property back to the, uh, my partner and, uh, that had a mortgage for me. And so, you know, I don't like to talk about that all that much. This is one of the first times I've said it publicly and, and you know, Oh, it's i think it's good people to understand like what can happen but uh, you know i was very very uh driven i i went and i got it taken care of and you know 2008 9 happened to happen to me just as well as it happened to anybody else um, and if i was smarter this is the second part so it's one the economy was just bad don't do business with your friends or your employees. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever uh, do that again. And, and I was okay at managing my properties, but I don't think I would. Uh, I don't think I want to ever manage my own properties again. It was. It's good to know it, but uh, I'll never rent to a family member or an employee or a friend. I'll just keep the business is business. Let a property manager take care of it all for me. Um, so that that mistake never happens. Cause I just felt, I felt like I had a big enough heart and I wasn't kicking them out and seven months went by and they didn't pay their rent. And that's when I finally started. I mean, I was out, one of my friends was in debt to me, $7,500. The other, the employee was in debt to me about $3,500. Um, you know, and I wasn't making 20 grand a month anymore. I was making like one or two. Uh, so, uh, being able to pay my mortgage got tough. Like all of my savings started to uh, go away and, uh, and I fell behind just, I don't remember exactly. It was a while back, but I fell behind on the mortgage for a week or something. And, uh, and, uh, my partner called me and asked me what was up. And, and I just said, I don't know, like this is what's, Happening, and he's like, You've "Been paying the rent all along," and like, "Yeah, now I'm out of money." He said, "Well, I don't want to like have to do like some foreclosure uh, or worry about it. Are you? Can you just sign this?" And I said, "Heck yeah, let me out." <laughs> so, anyway.
0: Well, that's if I can make a quick comment. I think that's really good advice not to rent to friends or family. So those people <laughs> that are listening, you know, I've heard so many times where investors like you and me, sometimes we can get properties from people that are, that have a, you know, a grant one. I just bought the grandchild was renting from the grandfather, but he was behind on his half price rent. He couldn't even keep up and they would just want to sell it and get away from it. Cause it is yeah. awkward. I mean, how do you like, you, you know, your kids are trying and, uh, and then also, to go along with that. you say, don't rent to friends or family. Don't let the renters become your friends. It's so easy to feel bad for them. And like, oh yeah, they are getting divorced. Oh, that is, but you can't take that on. Like I'll tell them, hey, I do lots of charitable giving and charity focused activity, (laughs) but the rentals are not a charity. I need to make it a business. Yeah, And it's nothing personal. And then I advise them like, you know, hey, let's work this out. Let's get you out as fast as you can. Sometimes I'll let them, you know, I'm like, okay, I won't evict you if you'll just go quickly. And I'll just apply whatever security deposits left to because I just want them to go without getting legally because, Some people know California is more tenant than landlord friendly. So it's best to stay on the good terms without getting taken advantage of. So don't get too friendly with them. You got to keep it professional (laughs) and a distant professional relationship. Not like, oh, okay, I'll let it go this month. I feel so bad for you now because it's just a spiral. If you give an inch, they take a mile and it just keeps going and going, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So key
0: takeaway. Take note, our friends, our listeners. Take note. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So, well, you know, and it's not, I don't think of it as win or lose. It's win or learn. I mean, you learned from that deal. I've learned from plenty of deals. And you, you take note and you move on and you try not to make <laughs> the same decisions and judgments again. Sometimes it's just the market. Like, that was the market. You couldn't have probably guessed what was going to happen or done anything differently. But... You know, you've made your plans not to rent to friends or family in the future.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So tell us some more. What was going on next?
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Um, well, uh, after that, I... Um, you know, I almost felt like a failure. I try not to think that I was really thinking that, but uh, I was more afraid to get into my next deal. So it took me a few years. And again, it was my dad who, who, who came right back and said, you got to get into this. You got to get back into this. You know, you got to do this. And so he took me to a tax lien and tax deed seminar um, in <laughs> He, he first invited me to go to Utah or some other state. I'm living now in Denver. Um, so he, he said, hey, can you fly out here? Can you come out here? And I was like, no, I, I won't be able to. So the next time that they, that same company came to my city, he drove all the way out here um, To Denver area to, to go to that with me. And, uh, and you know, the, the interesting thing, and I'm not trying to brag, but I do like real estate and I do understand it conceptually pretty well. And, uh, I, I kind of have always thought outside the box. And when, when I, you know, before buying the triplex, I thought I knew everything except for that one rule that we just learned. I didn't know that, but, um, you know, I, we were I was answering questions like there was oh maybe a hundred hundred and hundred and sixty ish people in the room, and um, it seemed like I mean none of us were really that experienced, right but I was the only one who kept raising my hand and having good answers and what that ended up doing for all of these hundred plus people is everybody kept trying to sit closer and closer to me and invited me to sit by them. And, and Hey, can I take you to lunch? Can I take you to dinner? Can I meet you after this is over? Because you have too many lunches and dinners going. And what it really was is people, you know, didn't want to have to do all of the work. They didn't want to like get involved with like some of them might've had jobs or some of them might've been retired and they don't want to. They didn't want to focus on all this stuff. And so, um, most people were trying to partner with me and say, you do all this work and I'll provide the money. And to me at the time, I was like, why would they want to do this? Why does everybody want to like give me their money? I was, I was worried about it. I was freaking out. I was, uh, you know, and I was actually interviewing people like, do we get along? I mean, should I even take your money? Should I even, you know, use the partner with you? Uh, because I was starting to freak out because it was so many people. But I realized that their side is the best side to be. I can't wait until I'm a multi-multi-millionaire and I'm just like, I, need, I just need to get some young guy who understands stuff and I could just go sit back and <laughs> do nothing and just be making money, you know, partnering with somebody using OPT, which I think is uh, a lot better than using OPM. So uh, what's OPT? Lever-
0: what is OPT?
1: <laughs> other people's time. So yes. they're leveraging me and my knowledge and my work ethic and, and I'm only leveraging their money. There's way more money out there than there really is knowledge and work ethic. So on their side, they, if they can find that person, no wonder, you know? So I, I, I never realized that I always, I guess I, I never tried to have a scarcity mindset. I've always thought that there's more abundance than there, than, uh, than other people think, but I never understood like that so many people, are trying to invest their money, but don't, don't know how, and they just need somebody to help them, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Sure. So anyway, I partnered with one of the guys, we did a couple of tax deeds, um, in, in Florida. So I researched lots and lots and lots of areas and we got really involved in, in South Florida and Broward County. Um, the first one we did was, was awesome. We doubled our money, his money. We doubled it in about eight days so we
0: what wait you got to go into some detail on that one that's amazing okay
1: Okay, so uh, basically um we purchased a a $40,000 condo for 16 grand and um I flew out there and sold it put a sign out in front of it I I did clean I that was one of the hoarder houses hoarder condos that I have done um but I flew out there, uh, emptied all the stuff out. It took three dumpsters and put a sign out in front of the door the first day that I got there. And it was under contract that day for 29,000. And, uh, and it ended up selling at 29,000 all cash and uh, no, no questions. So it basically uh, doubled our money in just a few days. Um, awesome. that was, that was one of the best, that was one of the best ones. The next one, the next tax deed was also pretty good. It was harder. Um, but it, basically with it, so a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to hear the first tax deed that I did. And they're going to hear that one. And they're going to hear the third one. And they're going to say, wow, this is what I need to do is I've always heard tax liens and tax deeds, but I'll just, at least be honest with you, it's, it's a lot of work, just like anything in real estate is, it's a lot of work. It's all, you get a lot of, you know, money for that work. Um, but it's risk. And so just be really, really careful. Make sure you take the right education if before you get involved in it. But as far as the um, tax liens and tax deeds, they're more, uh, what's the word for it. They're a lot more competitive these days than they were, when I started and, and there's Japanese money and Chinese money and Russian money all coming to the States right now, wiping things out. There's this new thing that just came across called, um, uh, what is it? Combined funding. What is crowdfunding? Um, and there's all these REITs, uh, that are helping people with their self-directed accounts to just buy all this stuff and they give time to the partners. This is something that didn't happen when I was really getting started. So it's getting harder and harder. You can still do it, but just get ready for lots of work and lots of due diligence uh, because it's not as easy as it really sounds. So we're skipping over the hardest parts, obviously.
0: Right. Yeah, so. we're hearing about the actual purchase, acquisition, and the resale, but there is hours, days, weeks, months of research and checking and waiting for the right deal to come along, and then getting it. Oh yeah. Um, before five, that five. happens, it's mm-hmm. not just walk up and go. I'm buying a deal today. Today, no, it does not happen that way. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. No. It and you might you might go to a lot of The different auctions and you might have, um, analyzed a hundred properties for each auction and, you know, only 30 end up being there. And then, um, you know, you, you might get none of them. Yeah, you'll probably get none of them. You might go to three auctions, analyze 300 properties, know everything about all of them. Most of them get taken off right before the auction. And then, um, you know, especially the best ones, the best ones you usually get taken first. Um, so there's always some diamonds in the rough that are, they're, they're available. You just have to kind of uncover them, but um, it it might take you three or four or five auctions and you want to go ahead of time and study the his how the auctions go? So you want to basically look, before you do it, you want to look at the history of all of the properties that sold, how many were there and ahead of time, what you would get them on the MLS, what you, you know, how much work they might have, what areas they're in. And you might want to study that for a trending year and then understand what would what would I have to pay to get into these? When I when I did that, I I, I researched and I was like thirty to forty percent of ARV after repair value of what it would be right. worth when it's fixed um, is what you could get them at. And then when I left it, it was because they were going for one hundred twelve percent of what you could get it off the MLS. So anyway,
0: yes, and that's what happened with our trustee sales in Southern California. Hedge funds were paying more than fair market value because they had a whole different set of investment return on investment criteria. They only had to make a 5% annual return for their fund, which they could do with rentals. <laughs> Unlike us that needed to pay half of fair market value. So we had rehab money and be able to resell it whole different parameters. So don't think because someone else is paying yeah. X dollars for it, that that's going to work for you. It might, whole different ballgame yeah for sure well tell us about what blue spruce holdings is that the company you're part of and what you guys are focusing on and kind of what you did this year and stuff
1: okay uh blue spruce holdings is an apartment investing company so um we utilize syndications for most uh, of our acquisitions um well at least that's what we're doing now the first the first one we got we did an, uh, an owner finance this year so we put down 20% in the seller carry, 80% on a on a fiveplex and we did two more one we did all cash and then we got it refinanced with private money um, from people that we know and then this third one we got a private money loan uh, on it and we came out with i don't remember 10ish 15% debt uh, of our own money. So those three apartments are what we've closed on so far. And we have a 16 unit that's in um, uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Black Rock, part of uh, Bridgeport, which is a really nice area. It's like an 88-minute try- train ride to New York City, to Manhattan. So, um, And it's right by Fairfield, I'm talking. I'm thinking Fairview, Utah, where my uh, where my other one is. I'm getting them confused, but Fairfield uh, in Connecticut um, is a really really nice area. There's a couple colleges there, so we're really excited about that. We got it way undervalued. Um, it's it's fully occupied. Uh, all the neighbors are fully occupied, and it looks like it's going to be going up a lot in the next little while. So we're excited about that one. We're doing what's called a 506B, which is a friends and family raise. Um so that one luckily is as of today officially all the way funded and then we have like twenty percent extra money committed to it. So we're done and it's only people that we've known for a long time that are joining us, but it's our first syndication uh, that we've completed that we'll be completing. So Congratulations. Unit. That's awesome. So that'll, you've that'll you've fun.
0: graduated from like um <laughs> Uh, single tax deed on up to multifamily with multiple <laughs> investors. You're really growing. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And then we have a 56 unit in near Corpus Christi area of uh, Texas. A really nice area. A lot of a lot of stuff changing right now in Texas. It's uh, We believe that it's going up and up and up. And we've got something uh, if we have about 600,000 in equity on that one. So, um, the potential for uh, that one will be a 506 C it's not ready yet, but, um, that'll be a, that'll be a really, really fun one that, um, we'll definitely be bringing outside of friends and family. So.
0: Awesome. I love it. And then you're still doing flips or are the flips not um, part of your business
1: anymore? So, so in the last few 50- 15 months, we've completed seven total, and we have two under contract for sale. Once those are done, I won't do any more. Some of those were creative deals. Um, like, you basically, um, we would. So, what I mean by creative deals is, is sometimes the owner, the seller, they have this price where they're, this is my bottom line. And then all of the other flippers around say, this is like my top line. So, like, it's too bad. You're just going to have to go through foreclosure because nobody can pay what you want. So we've found other strategies where we can give them their price. Um, you know, and that's that specifically isn't our business model for single family. Love to do it on multifamily right now. Cause that's our main focus. But what we would do is just, Hey, uh, you need X amount. So let me give you X amount, but the way that I'm going to give it to you. So we just need to control the terms of it. Um, the way I'm going to give it to you is I'm going to do, I'm going to take over the house we're going to become basically partners and i'll come in with a 50 grand that it needs to be rehabbed and then when we sell it that's when you get your price so you're just going to have to wait for two months or whatever three months six months down the road to get your price but i'll give it to you um and there you know a lot of people wonder you know, how would, how would they feel safe? And it's like, well, they can see my track record of doing a few flips and you know, they can see my bank and see that we've got the money that we need to uh, put 50 grand in it or whatever. And so we just, I feel like it's, it's safer for them because if we, if we like walk away, we've put $50,000, we've, we've given them ground granite countertops. We've given them brand new floors and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it seems like a really good way of basically partnering, which can involve having an actual JV agreement or just doing subject to or signing a lease option agreement. But either way, it's basically the same thing. It's basically like, let's keep it, let's keep it in your name and I'll give you a price later um, kind of a deal. So we've done a couple things like that in, in the past 15 months and uh, two of them. Two of our last uh, ones are for sale. They're under contract, so they better better sell because when we're done, it's multifamily only.
0: I love it. It's like graduating up to college from high school or something, (laughs) uh, up to the next level. Very cool. Well, I'm so excited for you with your whole path and all the success you've had, and I really appreciate you sharing that just to give our listeners an idea of a path they can take, of different options that they can pursue as well as you know if they want to go big like you and go for the multifamily you know good for them that's that's a possibility and it obviously you're not in blue spruce alone um, you, you can tell us a little bit about your team and who you're in it with
1: yeah definitely so oh, well first it, it'd be important to mention that that blue spruce is kind of just an umbrella So we have a hard money lending company. So we lend money to other fix and flippers um, and so that they can do their thing. So that's blue spruce capital partners. And then we have blue spruce um, uh, group, which is just a a real estate brokerage. Um, And then we have blue spruce creative home solutions, which tries to get people out of foreclosure Uh, blue spruce holdings. um, And so, yeah, by far, I'm not in this by myself. uh, There's a a guy named Manny Perez um, who. Uh, he and I first got started in uh, in deciding to do blue spruce solutions, but we needed more capital. So we brought in my, my other partner who we did a couple of techs, uh, Deeds with, and uh, his name is Steve. Um, I won't say his last name, but Steve. Um, he and I were partners in uh, several deals. We bought some rentals together. We bought did a couple flips together. and because the that was changing, he, I just said, Hey, would you like to join us in this and try to change the world and, and get rid of all foreclosures by teaching other people how to do creative real estate? So he said yes, he went along with it. and so we we started that company. Um, right now there's three owners to that. And we had a, a full-time administrative assistant who we pulled out of that company to just go into blue spruce holdings. So she's doing admin for us in holdings right now. Um, so that we can buy more apartments. So we, that team's got eight people. So that team it has, um, one guy who's full-time um he get he does um social media marketing for us um it helps us to be known online and then um we have another guy who's full-time in acquisitions who only only does acquisitions but again we do more of like a social media marketing so people can inbound us because it's a lot more it's a lot less work i don't want everybody to know that so shh but um (laughs) but everybody like pulling their hair out and calling brokers, calling brokers, they're doing it the hard way. So we we've turned it around and made it so we can do more inbounds. Some more deals come from that. And then, we have a the, um, some one who's, uh, graduated engineer who just does our underwriting, and then we have uh, DJ Scruggs, which um, he's raised a lot of money for um, his other startups, and so he's you know joined us there, and he kind of runs our podcast. Uh, so we have a, a podcast as well. And um, I'm trying to think if I left anybody out. Then there, yeah, that's about it. We've got eight eight people. There's me and those guys. Um, so that are well, that's, full-time.
0: That's awesome. And what I'd love to point out to our listeners is that investing should be and can be and should be a team sport. You accomplish more and can grow bigger when you pool people's time, energy, oh, yeah. money, resources, then you can buy multi-family and go on to bigger things. So definitely, you know, when you start yeah. out like a one-man band, it's just you. You're going to grow. If you want to succeed, you usually need mm-hmm. to grow and, and partner up with people in some way or some fashion. So that's awesome. Well, how would people find out more about you if they would like to learn about potentially investing with you guys in the future and about your podcast, tell us more about where people can find you guys.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say two places. Um, one, if, if you do want to see what we're doing in the apartment investing industry, if you want to partner with us in any way passively or finding us deals or whatever, um, then definitely just go to bluespruceholdings.com, and that that's just best, that's the best way to just find out about us there. bluespruceholdings.com. Then, uh, if you would r- like to just see what we do about creative stuff, we invite uh, really awesome people like Hard Hat Holly, who's done <laughs> lots of creative deals in california i don't know if you've ever heard of her but uh, she's fantastic <laughs> and uh, we learned a lot from her if you want to hear that episode or other episodes like it like with matt terrio who's another fantastic creative investor um we just had uh, lots of cool people like you uh, um that we try to bring on and just share their most creative deals so that other people can open up their minds that'll be real a real like real estate blue the color and spruce the tree.com real it's blue real uh, yeah
0: okay cool that'll and take what you is right the, to the
1: podcast yeah. what is the
0: podcast called if they want to find it right on their podcast app or itunes
1: okay yeah so if, if they want to skip real, real blue spruce.com just type in um the creative real estate podcast
0: very cool great right name. to us so yeah and I've done some more since I've been on that show of yours. So it's always fun. Love to do the perfect, creative perfect. deals, get the sellers <laughs> more money. And it's it's like a game, like a sport. Like, oh, I want to do another one. It's so fun making it work, bringing mm-hmm. it all together. So yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, thank you, Absolutely. Adam, so much for your time. You've been so helpful. And listeners, this is show number 83. So if you want to grab the show notes, you just go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 83, because that's what episode this is. And as always, um, thank you so much for listening. Get out there and take some action. Hopefully, Adam inspired you today and go make it happen. Thanks, Adam.
1: Thank you.